Well, hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Gruber here at the Word of the King. Holiness Bibles for the Blind. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 tells us that where the Word of the King is, there is power. And we may say unto him, What doest thou? And today, on the Word of the King, uh, my brother Jay Wolfgang is going to bring forth a message to you, straight from the infallible, inerrant, perfect, preserved Word of God. Uh, I pray now, may the incredible seed of the Word of God, which lives in Nevada forever, by the power of the Holy Spirit, minister to your soul. Lord Jesus, it's that time, Lord, for me and you, Lord, to get going on this, Lord. But it's mainly, Lord, your turn. You got mail. <laughs> and, Lord, you got to help me here. Lord, it's your turn to help me, Lord, to first preach like I'd never preached before. And then, Lord, it's also your turn to help those out there listening to listen like they've never listened before, like it may be their last time. Because, Lord, they could be listening for their last time, and I could be preaching like it may be my last time because it very well could be both my last time to preach and their last time to ever listen. Their last time to listen and my last time to preach. So, Lord, we ask you to help both me to preach and them to listen like it may be their last time because, Lord, we never know that it could be our very last time. We ask you, Lord, to help us now as we get ready to start our seventh part of the series that you've asked us to bring, Lord, in the life of Abraham. We ask you, Lord, to do all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, Tim, as you get your leaves ready, at Genesis chapter 21... Genesis chapter 21, we're going to go into our little theme song that we've used thus far through every episode of Carrie Underwood and Jesus Take the Wheel. We'll have you get ready with Genesis chapter 21, so as soon as we're done with the song, we'll get you to be ready to read Genesis chapter 21. But first, we'll get into our little theme song from Carrie Underwood that kind of leads us into our episode as we've done every time with part seven and the life of Abraham and Jesus take the wheel. Oh 
As we get ready with Genesis chapter 21 there, Tim, uh, get ready for Abraham to be caught <laughs> tonight. Remember, I promised that we were going to finally expose the real reason several episodes back of why the Arabs and the Islamic nation had a beef, and I was going to expose the real reason. Well, we're going to expose it tonight. Right here in this chapter. So let us read Genesis chapter 21 for part 7, the life of Abraham and Jesus take the wheel. Genesis chapter 21. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. The Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Sarah conceived to marry Abraham a son in his old age that time of which God spoke to him. Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Abraham circumcised his son Isaac being eight days old. God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. Sarah said, God made me to laugh, so that all that here will laugh with me. She said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children son? I have borne him a son in his old age. Child groom was weaned. Abraham made a great feast to say that Isaac was weaned. Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, and she had borne him to Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she cried unto Abraham, Cat, 
this bondwoman and her son. Son of this bondwoman shall not be heir of my son, even with Isaac. The sin was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in my sight because of the lad, because of thy bondwoman. And all that Sarah said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for an Isaac shall I see the call. And also the son, the father of the I make a nation, is thy seed. Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away and she departed and watered in the wilderness of Beersheba. The water was spent in the bottle. She cast the child under one of the shrubs. She went and sat her down over against him a good way off. As it were a bow shot, said, Let me not see the death of the child. She sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. The angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, Hail thee, Hagar. Fear not, for thou hast heard the voice of the lad, for he is. Rise, lift up the lad, hold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. God opened her eyes, she saw a well of water, and she went, filled the bottle with water, and gave the lad drink. God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. It came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Bukal, chief captain of the post, spake unto Abraham, saying, God is with thee, what thou doest. But therefore swear unto me, hereby God, that thou wilt not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's son, but according to the kindness that I have done unto thee, thou shalt do unto me, to the land wherein thou hast sojourned. Abraham said, I will swear. Abraham approved Abimelech because of a well of water. Abimelech's servants had violently taken away. Abimelech said, I would not what have done who have done this thing. Neither didst thou tell me, neither yet heard I of it. But to did. Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them unto Abimelech. Both of them made a covenant. Abraham sent seven three lands from the flock by themselves. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What meaneth these seven free lands thou hast sent by themselves? And he said, For these seven free lands shalt thou take of my hand, that they may be a witness unto me that I have did this well. Wherefore he called that place Beersheba, because they swear both of them. Thus they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech rose up a call, the chief captain of his host. They returned into the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba, called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. Abraham sojourned in the Philistines' land many days. You may be a friend of a of God there Abraham
but you've just been exposed. Tim, do you see it? See, Abraham, it wasn't, as the Arab nation says, over land. It was because of what daddy did to mommy and the teenage boy. It's a point of revenge. See, here this teenage boy remembers what daddy did to his wife. See, when, even when I first read the story, I thought that, because it said here that she cast her son under the bush. I thought, okay, this is a, like a three-year-old kid. But then, after I read it better through the story a couple times, no, we're talking, remember, he grew up to be, as we said earlier, remember, it said he was 13 years old when finally God spoke to Abraham saying that he was going to have a son through Sarah. Remember when I had you point that out a couple episodes ago? Well, now he's another year older, Abraham is. He's 100 years old. He's not 99. He's 100 years. That would make Ishmael 14 years old. We're not talking a little kid. This kid is well aware of what's going on around him. And Hagar sees Sarah basically breastfeeding Isaac. And then all of a sudden, here's this old lady breastfeeding an infant. And then finally, the day Isaac is breastfed and weaned, they had this big party. And all because Ishmael has a belly laugh, so to speak. And Sarah doesn't like it. Sarah gets all upset. So she goes to Abraham and says, you need to get rid of these two. They're not, they're not, he's, Ishmael's not going to be, have an inheritance with my son. I don't want him to inherit. Well, God already told Abraham, Ishmael was not to have the inheritance. That was no question in that. Abraham already accepted that. But here's the problem. Abraham, this is still, Hagar is still your wife. Bond woman or not, you notice Sarah all of a sudden goes back on, well, she's the bond woman. No, she's still your wife, Abraham. Sarah, you did give Hagar to your husband, as a second wife, excuse me, she's still his wife. And Abraham, no matter how grievous this is, 
to you, you should have stepped up to the plate and said to Sarah, excuse me, this is my, my, this is my wife. And uh, even if I'm, even though they're not to have the inheritance, God already said that, I agree with you. I'm not going to throw them out in the street like a common dog. Or a common jailbird. Now, Kenny. Yeah. Can I say something? Go ahead. Verse eleven does say, "And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son." Right. Verse twelve, and God said unto Abraham, "Let it not be grievous in thy sight." I I was headed there, Tim. I was headed there. Okay. It that's where I was headed. See, it was grievous to him. But it wasn't grievous enough for him. I was headed there, Tim. It wasn't grievous enough to him not to still. He still listened to Sarah true enough, and he listened to what God said. But where did God show me one place that God said, Abraham, treat your second wife like a dog, and only send her away with the clothes on her back and only uh, barely enough water and food to get by less than a day or two. Chapter and verse. When you read this text, she barely had enough bread and water to get by. Uh, this is his wife. And God said very clearly that Ishmael was yet to be another nation. Why? Because he was Abraham's son. No, he was not to have the inheritance. I agree. Much agreed. But he did not say to treat Ishmael nor Hagar with less dignity. He, he did not say that you could not send Hagar out with a servant. God never said that. God did not say, Abraham, send them out only with bread and water like a prisoner. And only with the clothes on their back. And that makes sense. See, when you look at it from both sides, it makes sense why later that the Arab nation now feels that they they feel, notice the key word, they feel they have a right because they were treated like trash. But, sorry, Arab nation, you don't. God gave the deed over and over again in black and white right here in these verses again. He said the inheritance was Isaac's, period. Black and white, the title deed is right there. But like I said, nowhere, not one verse, did God say, Abraham, this woman is not your wife, and this woman is nothing more than a jailbird. Send her off with bread and water and the clothes on her back. No. He could have at least sent her off with a camel. He could have sent her off with 
a little better provisions. He could have sent them off with a, even another servant. He could have treated her as a wife, is my point. And I think, now this is my own take on it, if Ishmael had seen that, if Abraham had done that and treated his wife as a wife and sent her away, I think maybe there wouldn't have been the problem we have today. But no, treated it, and later this problem comes up again, we're going to see. Before Abraham dies, he does the same thing again. Just like he did with the little white lie, doesn't learn his lesson. I don't have a problem with the inheritance issue. Because it's black and white, God said it. That settles it. Isaac was to have the inheritance. Fine. God said it. That settles it. Sorry. That's the way it goes. They get the land. Jewish people get the land. God said it. That settles it. Done. But nowhere did God say, when you have one, two, or ten wives, you don't treat the others like dirt. That's my point. That's where I'm coming from. <laughs> and that's where the problem comes from. They saw their, what we're saying here is they came and they said, okay, you treated us like dirt and a dog. Now it's our time to come back. See, that takes us to Matthew 7, 12. As ye, Jesus said, as ye would that men should do to you, do ye to them likewise, for this is the law and the prophets. Well, had Abraham done that, treated Hagar as he would have wanted to be treated, treated her as a wife just as she, he would have wanted her to be treating him as a husband should she had to have pushed him out, I think, in the same circumstance, it would have been better. Realizing that, hey, that was still his child, is my point. And then, of course, as we go through the chapter, we find, of course... This situation over a well and the making of the covenant saying, look, now, I didn't know this happened. <laughs> and they say, now, wait a minute. We're not going to cause an argument here. Abimelech comes to Abraham. We didn't know this happened. So, look, instead of causing an argument, let's make a covenant or promise between us that Hey, we're not going to cause no war, no strife. Let's just put some lambs aside and make a covenant saying, look, we didn't have a problem with that. And so they made a covenant between themselves saying, we're not going to cause a problem, but rather we're going to be peaceful. Why? Because, look, I'm going to reprove or re repair the damage that somebody else caused and restore, basically. And that's what they were doing here 
And then, of course, the guy takes off and heads on home. All right, then, Tim. Now let us go into chapter 22 and see what we find also in the life of Abraham here. And 
famous chapters, one of the most famous stories in the life of Abraham that we find in the life of Abraham. And yes, this is when we could say that he definitely let Jesus take the wheel. Yes, this is when he actually even got to see Jesus a little bit. Why? Because he finally learned to let Jesus have everything. He finally was ready to surrender everything. And that included his only, his only son that was given to him by a woman who was of an age that she could have never given him another son. But yet, when God said, give your only son on an altar as a sacrifice, he finally realized, okay, if God would be willing to take, and if he'd be willing to give his son, that God could easily resurrect Isaac. And so he took his son and they headed down the road and Isaac asked a very profound question. Well, you got the wood, you got the fire, you got everything for the sacrifice, but where's the lamb? Where's the ram? Where's the lamb? Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says a very profound statement, God will provide himself. Jesus is going to show up on the scene. <laughs> and he did. Because if you notice, it says the angel of the Lord spoke to Abraham. That's Jesus, once again. Because the angel of the Lord, over and over in the Old Testament, was referred to, that was Jesus. And then, when, after Abraham went to try to slay his son, the angel of the Lord showed up and said, don't do it. And then... Lo and behold, there was the ram. In the form, uh, Jesus in the form of the ram shows up, is sacrificed. And then, finally, do we notice a certain family that God gives reference to that's going to be coming up pretty soon? Why, sure. Isaac's future wife is named. Isaac's future wife, Rebecca, is named in the family that was mentioned at the end of this chapter. It was finally time.
time that Abraham let Jesus take the wheel. Which leads us to this lesson that we can learn through today. Yes, even Abraham, as much as he was a friend of God, he slipped. But yet, at the same time, he got up, dusted off his girdle, loincloth, whatever he was wearing. He stood on his feet again and got back on the horse, the camel, and went again, which teaches us one valuable lesson tonight. We need to do the same thing. When we fall short of what God wants us to do, we need to let Jesus take the wheel, dust ourselves up, get up again, and let Jesus take the wheel. So, this kind of runs us out of our time for part 7. But we'll be picking up with Genesis chapter 23 in part 8 next time. Oh, we're told, but as many as are the works of the law are under the curse. For cursed be everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. We're told in the book of Galatians. Oh, but here it is. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, shall cleanse you from all sin, for if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Menial, mortal, sin, whatever you call it, all unrighteousness, God is faithful to forgive those who confess their sins to him through faith in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection alone, for by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works. Call upon the Lord today. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Till next time, God bless you and yours.